when it all goes horribly wrong um i sit down i um i think for me i'm such a list maker it's it's really about what's gone wrong and why but more importantly what are we going to do about it and we're going to do it quick power to live more with joe dodds welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Susan Moore. Susan was introduced to us by Paula Gardner of show number two and number 65. Susan is the founder of More Business and leads a team of virtual assistants providing online business support to clients across the world. Susan and her team help clients transition to online business models and provide a full range of back office services so that clients can concentrate on what they do best. Susan was winner of the Outstanding VA of the Year Award 2008. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Susan Moore of More Business. Welcome Susan, great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me Jo. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Um, My name's Susan Moore. My business is Moore Business. Uh, We provide back office support to entrepreneurs and non-exec directors, uh, generally people who have portfolio careers. Uh, We are actually pioneers of working from home, having done it for 14 years. So we, the whole team, work from our own offices across the UK, Europe, and North America. Wow. So it's interesting when we were talking before we came on, in fact, we were talking so long, I thought we were going to run out of time to do the podcast. (laughs) What what I found interesting is so now you said 14 years, that sort of makes a lot of sense in terms of we've got quite a lot of mutual um, connections, because we've both been in business pretty much the same uh, amount of time. And uh, we were saying how funny it is that we don't think we've ever spoken. <laughs> we think we might have known each other for a while, but we certainly have lots of mutual connections. Um, so many. Great, <laughs> great to hear about the the whole working from home for that length of time. And also, uh, as you say, sort of working go globally and working with a team. How did that all come about? Um, I was a traveling EA um, because I worked um, for an airline, a Ukrainian airline. Um, Prior to that, I'd worked in investment in the city of London and in Sydney, but I'd always traveled with my work um, for conferences, part, you know, part organization, partly to be there as as another face, um, another ambassador for the business. Um, And the airline that I was working for um, was due the the joint venture was due to come to an end. And I was, I think I was in JFK in an air hangar in a blizzard. And I was there from 6am to 6pm uh, with about three slices of pizza. And anyone who knows me would know that would have killed me not to have eaten 
I was cold and I thought do you know what I've left a three and a four year old at home I've missed their nativity which by the way 15 years on they've never let me forget um and I thought you know there's got to be another way um you know I love traveling in terms of my personal life but the the glamour of doing it for business had worn off definitely so I decided that with the advent of of broadband out into the rural area that I'd moved to um that I would set up for myself as a at what was then more VA originally. So that was fairly pioneering as we've sort of implied at, at the beginning How, what made you think you could do it? <laughs> Um, it was an article in Red magazine and I'd seen somebody else who'd done it it was literally a couple of months before and I think without the advent of a decent decent broadband I think it would have been really tricky Um, but I decided to try it out knowing that the the joint venture was coming to an end so um, I then sort of told a few people about it and my the airline actually became my first client um, during the transition period that that they were going through and then my my former boss who had set up his own hedge fund became my second client so I think I was very very fortunate in that you know within the first few weeks of setting up I had two good sized businesses and I think psychologically that really helped me Mm -hmm. to tell my story um, and Mm -hmm. make the transition psychologically from working in corporate to to being a business owner mm-hmm. well I have a proposition for you which we'll discuss later but guess what I started my business 15 years ago mm-hmm. because of an article I read in red magazine <laughs> I, I think that might, be, that might be a story for them do you not think I think it would be a really good story for them <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> no, so we'll come back to that later um so um great that you could turn you know your existing contacts into clients and get started so soon and everything else um how did you sort of take away that that wanderlust that presumably you had you said you'd worked abroad you'd you traveled um and now you were at home in a rural (laughs) area (laughs) at the end of the internet when most people didn't do that I mean we've laughed in sort of lockdown how well not laughed cried and everything else how people have had to sort of overnight get used to the whole concept of working differently and working remotely and everything else um you know you hadn't just moved from one office to another by the sound of it you you really quite dramatically changed your life how did that all go um it's I think it's kind of a it's a double-edged sword I think really really miss the social side of being in an office with lots of very bright people who you wouldn't might you might not ordinarily mix with um socially um I think that was the the hardest thing to deal with um so in terms of the actual business itself and the nuts and bolts of it that was fine and you've obviously got the expertise being an exec assistant um regarding the travel I'm lucky enough still to travel with some of my clients um because I arrange conferences for them and I scout um locations for them so that's my favorite part of my job um but I don't miss the commute and having to go into London five days a week um from a rural area with pretty rotten train and road connections no I can see that um we, we were talking weren't we earlier about uh, a mutual connection where you told me roughly where you lived I, I always think it's funny over the years I've worked with national retailers and I've traveled a lot um around the country I, I always say that um I think I've slept in most service station car parks <laughs> <laughs> 
and normally when I meet people I remember going to the Lake District once and we were having a, a drink in a pub after our walk and there was a whole group of people who'd all like got together they were university friends or something and they were all from different parts of the country and every time someone said where they came from I had some story or some connection or something that would would connect to it and uh, so whenever people sort of give me a general bit of where they are I always want to know the detail just in case I've got an, a connection and we've discovered a mutual friend who lives about five minutes from you exactly <laughs> and you you know usually I give people a very big overview yeah. of where it is because they only know Stansted Airport and not all of the little winding roads and villages so it's amazing <laughs> so um tell us about um how you sort of develop the business you you've mentioned that you've got a team working you know around the world and and in other places in the world how, how did that all start from from you in your office in the middle of nowhere <laughs> um that started because I very quickly realized that I was going to have to delegate and seeing as um you know I am the poster girl for delegation and spend my life telling other people to do it I thought I'd better walk the walk um because with the two big clients I had right at the beginning, um, they were joined by a bloodstock agent um, up in Newmarket. Um, and it quickly became apparent that, you know, you've got to separate working for your clients and working on the business if you want it to grow and not just stay as a one man band. Um, and I think um, I there was a VA conference and I was originally set up as more VA and we were purely secretarial PA admin backup. But as our clients have grown, they asked, asked us to take on more and more as the point person. Um, so I was at a VA conference, um, met a couple of people there and then also um, recruited from among the ranks of PAs and exec assistants that I'd worked with in the city and through my other connections. So one of my, my colleagues, very, or rather associates, very early on was um, PA to my brother in Canada. Um, my poor brother had had his ears melted over the first year about what a virtual assistant does. Um, and his PA came in one day and said, I've decided to become a VA. Do you know what that is? <laughs> and my brother said, yeah, only too well. So he introduced us and she's still with me. She's sort of one of the Canadian team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's I think it's just really all about communication. It's communication with your clients and communication with your team. Yes. Yeah. And let's talk a bit about how the sort of how you work with people. Well, firstly, how you work with people and how that might have changed over the time. I, I remember, you know, back in the days when we were sort of both starting our businesses, I was helping a, a local VA with her search engine optimization on her website. And I remember having a conversation with her of saying, there is no point trying to rank for the term virtual assistant because nobody's searching for it. People are searching for secretary and telephonist and typist mm -hmm. and administration assistant and you know, loads of other words at the moment, but they're not typing for, for VA at the moment because it was such a new way of describing, you know, what you would, what you were doing. I think most people know what VAs are now but still many people don't use them and I think sometimes it's because they don't know what they can do with them and how it can possibly work when it's somebody else they're not based where you are you need systems and processes for that to sort of work and people don't know how to do that so tell us a bit about you know how that works how you work with people how you sort of transition people from not knowing you know knowing they need help but not knowing how they can make that happen into what works for them. That's a great question, actually. Um, I think with with the virtual assistant term, I spent probably the first 
eight years explaining it to people I don't have to do that anymore um so that's really you know that's great relief um in terms of how we work with people when they first come to us it's generally as you say they know that they need help quite often they're so over overwhelmed that they don't they can't quite work out what it is so what we do is talk to them about what's most important and because most of our clients I would say are in a professional service role um they will have several strings to their bow so typically they have left corporate and set up their own consultancy or coaching business um and they as well as doing what they do um their own expertise they might be writing a book writing articles um speaking as in terms of public speaking um and it's then that we ask them you know what a what are your priorities so it's it's helpful for us to know what their strategy is or certainly what's what their priorities are for the next coming year because if we can understand that then we can help them to work towards what they really need to achieve so there's kind of two parts to it there's a being able to take on all the admin for our clients um but there's also having a mind set that is is this what you really need to be doing is this what you need to be focused on so mm-hmm. if somebody's working on i don't know a new email marketing campaign that's around about a new coaching course for example um we will work with them on that and then we'll take off their hands what we can so that they can focus on whether it's the content and we do the social media schedules the email email marketing campaign or simply um acts as a point person for other stakeholders for clients that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and what we also ask them for is um an idea of who their most important connections are so who their stakeholders are so that we can speak to them we can be in touch with them by email um and hopefully free up a lot of time for our clients we we basically say that we give them 8 days a week well wow. <laughs> that I was going to say it's good strap right I think that sounds like a good um song but that wasn't the song was it I think someone might have done that already <laughs> damn <laughs> so how do you work with your team what do what do your days look like um with my team um we what we do is um we try to match our team um our VAs to the clients Um so if they've got expertise in a particular market sector and or they've got skills um around about I don't know uh, writing social media that kind of thing um we match them to the client and then there will be two two of us who work with the client so it's the lead VA and a backup um and then what my days look like are I've I've got just a couple of clients I work with um and the rest of it is spent in managing the business so it's um communicating having a weekly meeting with the team so that we can be clear who's doing what um we can share best practice um because obviously I think with software I don't know if it's a covid thing but everything seems to have changed in the last few months <laughs> so it's making sure that we are up to date with with software um sharing connections sometimes I mean we also open our black book for our clients so if one client is looking for someone to take on something that's outside of our expertise um we also you know we can introduce them um and then 
in terms of the team, it's just about um, managing the projects and tasks um, and making sure that we are meeting targets, meeting deadlines. Mm -hmm. And how do you manage your sort of office time on the basis that you've got a global company supporting global people and therefore presumably people in most time zones at some stage or another yeah we we <laughs> said that <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be really really firm with yourself because I think it's very much a support thing in that you can you can wear yourself to a frazzle so what I tend to do is work early in the morning um with those people who are based in mainland Europe and the UK I tend to have a bit of a lull around about the middle of the day so I can then I then do my own sales um, marketing social media scheduling that kind of thing talk to my VAs and then again because the west coast of the US is up there there are a couple of clients I work with there um, from about 3 p.m they tend to be back online and I will watch emails until about seven. Um, or if there's something, you know, if there's something pressing going on and um, sort of uh, that, that I need to be keeping an eye out, I will stay until 8, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. But that tends to be, I tend to know about it. And it's probably for about four weeks a year um, when clients are doing things like investor roadshows. Mm. Um, so that's sort of moving pieces all the time and I just keep an eye on things to to make sure that they are where they're supposed to be yeah 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 so very much about being sort of flexible um but taking the time back at different times as well definitely yeah that's Mm -hmm. definitely how I describe it and we are also on the lookout for Australia and New Zealand based um team members as well because uh other, they've gone off basically they went off traveling and uh and I think we need to, to get some more people in to cover those time zones yeah yeah I've been working through um the sort of COVID time with uh, students in Australia and um, colleagues in Australia as well and I just keep luckily keep sort of being pleased with the fact that I am such a night bird because we have meetings at like 11 o'clock at night which suits me <laughs> fine but wouldn't suit the average person <laughs> but uh, that sort of time zone is just we were trying to work out a call today that would suit England America and Australia oh no I came out with about nine o'clock in the UK I think just about oh because somebody else is in China as well just to confuse matters but we don't care about him he's just gonna have to get up really early (laughs) (laughs) that is the hardest I find with Australia US and UK I have to do that regularly it's the hardest combination yeah but actually I'm really lucky because I'm like you I'm a night bird so I'm very happy midnight one o'clock yeah one of my team members gets up at 5am which I will never do in my life so she she used usually does it and goes to the gym for six um but she I know that she's got eyes on on what's going on very early in the morning as well which it gives me also the security of knowing that you know we're keeping an eye on what's going on yes yeah that's good I I always laugh one of my best friends uh, lives opposite and uh, she's the opposite to me so I'm up late at night and lying in in the morning she's always sending me texts that like 7 30 going if you're up do you fancy a coffee it's like yeah right you know I'm not going to be (laughs) and I want to see her for a glass of wine in the evening and it's like nine o'clock and she's already asleep (laughs) mutually not very compatible no it's gonna have to be lunch exactly when it works it works but there you go and so let's talk tools and apps as a um uh, uh the organization that you are I guess that they're really key for you particularly 
because of what you do, but also the sort of um, global aspect as well. What what sort of uh, tools and apps do you recommend? Um, uh, they're kind of all the all the favourites, really. I'm Dropbox for document sharing. Um, we do use Google Docs if our clients prefer it, um, but generally that's that's our favourite. Yeah. Um, for Todoist, um, for rather for list making and tasks and projects, we use Todoist. Yeah. Um, and I think I have tried just about everything um, over the years. Um, I'm not so much visual, so I do love a list. Um, but I think Todoist, is, is, there's a lot more to it now. I think they've yeah. done a lot more on it. So it appeals to people who are both list makers like me and 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 a bit more visual yeah. in so terms of being able to share. You can now, can't you, in, in Todoist? I, yeah. I, I've tried it for one of my projects just so that I know that it works and what it looks like. But like you, I... I like this too. I, I do think we might be twins, actually. <laughs> it's really quite nice because I'm I'm sort of a lot of my team are very visual and make make fun of me because I'm not. So um, it's yeah. quite nice. It's quite nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what we use for the project based stuff. Um, we use Toggle because I find it much easier to collect information rather than wait for timesheets from my team. Yeah. Um, it's all there right in front of me um, in terms of, you know, who's been working, what project, which client. And that means that it there's less of a, you know, there's not so much of a lead time um, in getting invoices out um, uh-huh. to our clients. Yeah. Um, because I was getting held up. I'd, I'd kind of, you know, with a team of eight, I'd, I'd get seven lots of work in, but sometimes they work across clients. So you wouldn't be able to invoice a client until you had everybody's timesheet. Yeah. Um, so to save me from A, chasing and B, moaning, I decided to set up Toggle. Um, and then um, we use kind of use Slack for sort of non-client related communication but actually I really like Teams and and I find that there's a lot more to Teams in terms of collaboration now Uh um, than than sort of having Skype because we're sort of Microsoft Office based generally Um, I'm I'm really enjoying exploring Teams I think they've got a really great tool there yeah, I read an article the other day. I think it might have been the Zapier article about um, what you can do on Teams that you can't do on, I think, Zoom they were talking about. But they were saying how much development there has been on that recently and, and mm-hmm. how, as you say, there's there's a few more bells and whistles that, um, that, that weren't there before that are making things much better. So mm-hmm. It's great for collaboration and for sort of sharing things like videos and also working in channels as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, excellent. So tell us a bit about um, sort of learning and improving yourself. You talked about your teams getting together to talk about sort of technology changes and so on. And I agree with you. I think people have had more time to change all their interfaces in the last few months. Definitely. <laughs> Facebook particularly. I was just doing some work with one of my students about Facebook advertising. And and I'd already lamented the fact that you can get into Facebook ads by about 25 million different routes. <laughs> Is that none right? Of, none of which seem to make any sense whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> so how do you stay sort of abreast of what you need to know and how do you make sure your team do as well? I think we, we're really, really keen on making time for learning. Um, so what we ask is that our team members take eight hours of learning a month, which sounds like a big chunk. But actually, when you break it down, um, it's not much at all. And that we, we use LinkedIn learning a lot because they've got a whole range of online courses. Um, we also encourage people to use webinars. So that can be anything from 
I don't know, PowerPoint updates to teaching yourself Canva. Um, Eventbrite changed a whole load of stuff at the beginning of COVID. Um, so we've kind of updated ourselves there. Um, Constant Contact and MailChimp, they made some changes as well. In fact, I mean, I, I, it's much more intuitive. So I think all of those that I've mentioned, we've really enjoyed. Um, but there's also things around about engagement, working with teams. So, um, you know, it's an endless list on LinkedIn. So we choose ourselves. And the great thing as well is that, you know, you can add to your CV. So if you have taken some LinkedIn learning or you've done a, a course, then you can add it. And it then means that, you know, it's not just one client who benefits, although we might have done it with one client in mind all our clients can benefit from from mm. us learning mm-hmm. that's good to hear so we talked a bit about the sort of um concept of outsourcing delegating and and how people don't always do it even though they um often want to because they don't really know what to do and i've talked often on the podcast that even myself i've outsourced stuff for years i still procrastinate on doing it at times because it mm-hmm. involves me having to work out my process and record a video and send it and, and all that sort of stuff. And so I found myself procrastinating and then, you know, months down the line, finally get around to it and then wonder why I didn't do it months ago <laughs> sort of scenario. Um, what tips have you got for people who want to bring in a, a VA or outsource some of what they're doing and how to sort of get that happening sort of quickly and most effectively? Um, the tip I would give is that if you can kind of keep an eye on what you're doing so look at what you're working on and measure it so either either put it in an excel spreadsheet or use some kind of tracking tool and work out what what you're working on at the moment so that gives you an idea of um, what you're spending all your time on and then a better idea of what you could delegate so it might be a whole task it might be just traditional PA backup for example or it might be very something very specific so for example you've got a book coming out but you need um, artwork you need um, somebody to edit it you want to be in touch with publishers or literary agents these are all the things that somebody could take off you um, and if you've got then an idea of of what top three things you would find most useful you can start with all those things or you can start with one very discrete project and that also enables you to a budget for having a VA but also to um, get sort of work out the return on your investment so this is you know this is how much you'd pay your VA but this is what you're going to get back from it your your book is actually going to be a real thing that comes out in six months time rather than two years down the line for example yeah um and once you've got an idea um have a conversation with a virtual assistant work out exactly or sort of what what you will do and what they can do Um, and then it's a question really of giving information so um, uh, so you can't you can't give too much information it it really helps from a from a VA's perspective to have all of the info but also to get a bit of an idea of your culture um, and to to see how you connect with other people um, you know what your business does and um and and how you talk to your clients um and then you can 
sort of start off with something like 10 15 hours a month as small as that and then sort of build build on it and flex it with a VA mm-hmm. as you kind of get underway and what you've described Joe is is absolutely typical in terms of and, and I'm the same being a business owner as well is is you you know that you know that you've got to do it but the idea of of spending all of that time writing notes being on calls and bringing somebody on board it you feel that you don't have the time to do it yeah. but as you say once you've done it you you can't believe <laughs> you've not done it years ago no exactly <laughs> and, and it's funny as well it always almost feels as well that, that even when you do do that that doesn't make it any easier the next time <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's it's I don't know if it's it's just something that you do, isn't it? It's it's procrastination or you put obstacles in your way, but actually when you sit down and do it, you know what you know. The trouble is it's all in your head. Yeah. So, I mean, what's also very helpful is um to have a sort of how we do what we do document, yeah. some kind of manual. Um so even if you're not ready to have a VA now, if you start with that, then it's amazing what that's when you see how much work you do. Yeah. Um yeah. because and how much experience and knowledge you have. Yeah. I think as well when that comes in useful is I've I've mentioned to you I've had a couple of VAs I've worked with for years and just occasionally one of them's ill or I don't know they've both had babies how dare they <laughs> yeah, they have a life <laughs> and they've not worked for a period of time or whatever and um, I suddenly end up with a task that I have no idea how they do it anymore because I delegated it so long ago I don't know what the process is but fortunately um, I, I, I do because I don't do visual I do written processes as well as record the video and so luckily I've been able to go back to my written process and follow it myself well, that's brilliant <laughs> Which but it also get, it means that if you've got that document and you're sharing it, that they, as as things change, they can update it so yeah. that everybody is is in the loop. Yeah. And that's why we have a backup VA because rather than we don't take on a client and say, if your VA is sick or has a baby or goes on holiday, um, you know, it oh. could be any one of eight people. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be the same second person, uh-huh. and it's the first VA's. Um, it's for her to delegate to the second okay. and up, up, update them. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, I asked you to um, let me know any questions that you particularly wanted me to ask before we started. And one of them was about what are the biggest time savers? That sounds like some top tips. <laughs> the biggest time savers, um, I would say, are holding a weekly meeting. It doesn't kind of doesn't sound like it, but... Um, if we can talk to our clients and between our team on a weekly basis, sometimes it's only five or 10 minutes, but it just means that everybody is up to date and that they've got the tools and information they need and they can share best practice. Um, And what we also do is then make sure that we update each other with what's going on so we might do that with a Dropbox folder and say this is I have done this or we might use the Todoist um, Mm. so that so that people are clear on who's doing what who's responsible um, and and to know that things are done so you've got it in writing and we confirm everything because as you say you might want to go through something six months or even in my case sometimes six years down the line and think what did we do or why did we do it Um, so it I think it's really communicating on a regular basis Um, there's 
although we work virtually there is really no substitute for talking to each other yeah um and I think um just making sure that everybody is working as a team Mm. um and I think in terms of sort of top tips is is also making people feel that they are very much part of a team I think when you work remotely it can you can feel isolated so we do do socials as well um we you know we've got all sorts of stuff going on online um at the moment in terms of um hearts and crafts um various other fun drinks cocktails and whatever else mm-hmm. um which has been all the way through because you know some some of our team um work on their own so they don't see anyone all day yeah. and i think it's really important to have your network to support you as well yeah yeah definitely so last couple of questions firstly what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong how do you deal with those when it all goes horribly wrong um I sit down I'm I'm, I think for me I'm such a list maker it's it's really about what's gone wrong and why but more importantly what are we going to do about it and we're going to do it quick um so if something has gone wrong first thing is and I think it's even written into our contracts that you you've got to tell somebody immediately that it's happened Uh and then provide them with a solution so you know this has gone wrong um it's not it's not finger pointing it's not blaming so I think you've got to allow people to feel that that they can make mistakes of course we don't want to but things do occasionally happen Uh um it's life and it's it's you know the more people involved in something the more likely it is to happen yeah um so it's really about being clear um and then learning lessons from it um and being honest as well um not trying to fudge it um but to to say you know hold your hands up and say it was my mistake or or it wasn't I mean sometimes you occasionally you get people who try to say you know that it was it was the it was you know the fault at our end or client's end so you've also got to give people the opportunity to speak up um and 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 it's not always easy in a support role um it's sort of sometimes people come from very hierarchical backgrounds and so when it does all go wrong it in an in a nutshell it's about rectifying it as quickly as possible and and learning from it so that it doesn't happen again mm-hmm. um and we've also we work on a lot of check sheets tick lists um and work our way through those particularly when we've got events um or we're traveling um so that we can see again um that that everything's been done and nothing left off yeah 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 lovely thank you and then the last one is that bit about living more and that's where I uh, talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do Mm. what do those days where you've lived more look like for you um they would generally look like me being out in nature and I I noticed that um Heather Waring who runs one million women walking had been a podcast guest in the past so I through Heather I've kind of upped my walking a lot um, particularly during COVID, I'm planning to do a Camino when we can, probably uh-huh. next year, um, and and making sure again that that the team take time out to do what they want to do. So it does give people flexibility. If somebody wants to go and do a, a class in the middle of the day, we talk to each other. We know that they're out for an hour and a half, and we'll we'll be sure to to cover, um, um, and 
to make sure really that you've got the life you want. For me, my big thing has been travel. Mm. Um, so I really, if you know, I make sure at the beginning of a year that I put in the travel that I want to do. I can work from anywhere, but if it's holiday, then it's in there and it's it's sacred because if you I find if you don't do it, then it in your diary for the year pretty much fills up and then you're trying to squeeze bits and pieces in. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, that sort of intentionality. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much, Susan. It's been really interesting uh, talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Uh, they can look at the website, which is more-business.com, M-O-O-R-E, my surname, um, or on Twitter at moreva. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 191, then you'll find them there. And this week, I want to talk to you about the end of my review of 2020, inspiring me for 2021. If you were listening last week, you'll remember that I talked about what I did in 2020. I've written a rather self-indulgent, rather long blog post about it. And I talked through the first sort of section of that and then said that this week I talk about my five fundamentals, which is um, which are what I use for my um, work with myself and with my clients. And I reflected on the year in relation to those fundamentals. And I'm going to talk about those now. So the first fundamental is about self-care. And it wasn't always the first one, but I decided in 2020 that it's actually vital to focus on self-care first before we start to think of the other fundamentals uh, because we really need it for sort of energy and resilience uh, more than ever given what's going on around us. And what it meant for me in 2020 was firstly um, that we really hungered down as a family in lockdown uh, as soon as we knew it was coming and bearing in mind that we live next door to my mother-in-law in her 70s, we made a big effort to ensure that we stayed in and Uh, that we made it as enjoyable as possible for us in the circumstances that we found ourselves in. So one of the things that we set up immediately was a daily aperitif uh, before dinner to get together, have a drink and some nibbles, a chat and maybe a board game before we had dinner. It's something that we do quite regularly as a family because we've got French family and French friends. uh, But we really sort of decided we were going to do that every day uh, of lockdown so that we could really sort of build in that sort of anchor for the family and it really was something that helped us and is still helping us uh, as obviously we're in lockdown again now. The second S is about simplify. And I think what's happened in 2020 for me was it was an opportunity really to get back to basics on what I do, whether that be in my personal life at home, but also in my business. I got really clear on what I want to do and how I want to do it, which is something I talk about all the time, but I don't always have time to really sort of carve out that time to think about it. And uh, so to give an example of that, I picked up some coaching at the beginning of lockdown, which was great because it replaced some of the corporate work that went away. But I was finding that I would got sort of calls throughout the week at all different times, and it was really breaking up the days. And I really like to have an empty diary, (laughs) randomly. You don't earn so much money if you're doing coaching, if you have an empty diary. But um, I like to have sort of chunks of time 
to get things done in the way that I want to do them. And when I started the coaching, that wasn't happening. So what I did when I realized that there was a problem was to really simplify how I deliver what I do. And actually that meant for me doing my coaching on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays in the afternoon so that it really sort of corralled all the work into those three days and gave me big chunks of time on Monday and Friday to do some of the project work that I need to work on. And so that was a really great opportunity for or a great example rather of me simplifying by looking at what I want to do, looking looking at how I can do more of what I want to do and how I can do less of the stuff that I don't want to do and how to um, make that happen by changing what I was doing. The third S is about systemize. And as I said already, I would sort of went back to basics in 2020. Processes are really important to me in my business and being tidy and organized is really important. But, you know, we get really busy and things get out of hand. I always liken the sort of systemizing and, and then sort of decluttering thing that um, I do on a regular basis um, to the fact that, you know, we often do that with our, I don't know, our bedroom or our kitchen or whatever. We get really clean and tidy and put everything away and organized and so on. And then gradually over the next however long things get out of hand again. And that happens on your computer. It happens in your processes, in your business. It happens in even things like how you spend your time and what you're delivering. So having some time and focus on getting back to basics and really streamlining processes was really key last year for me. The next S is about sharing. The next fundamental is about sharing. And that for me in my business is mostly about outsourcing. And I do a lot of outsourcing already. I have three VAs that I work with with different uh, tasks and focus. Um, but uh, this year I uh, outsourced a lot of my podcast admin, which I'd been sort of hanging on to, not knowing whether I could find somebody to do that for me and you know if I was able to sort of hand it over trust somebody enough to hand it over but actually my uh, VA that I've worked with the longest is really keen to pick up new skills and um, really reliable all that sort of stuff and I basically asked her if she fancied um, editing my podcast and picking up the sort of end of the process and she said she was up for giving it a try so uh, I taught her what I needed to do and it really helped including the fact that I have to record these outros on a Wednesday night because if I don't she can't do the work on the Thursday to enable us to publish the podcast on a Friday so I sort of inadvertently created an absolute definite deadline for myself for the outros in the past I used to record them when I could or where I um, felt up to it when I got inspired or whatever and that sometimes meant that the podcast would go out on a Saturday or maybe even a Sunday and now it goes out religiously every Friday morning because I'm having to hit the deadline with the outro on a Wednesday so there were so many advantages to outsourcing that and, and it sort of spurred me on to get on and outsource some more of the things that I could outsource but haven't got hadn't got around to doing and if you've not outsourced yourself yet um, you know, lots of people hear about the benefits of it and get sort of quite interested and excited about the idea, but then don't take the next step. I've certainly spoken to many people over the years and recommended outsourcing and then, you know, not seen any action in terms of that um, coming from them. And I think, you know, firstly, it's about finding the right people and finding people with the right skills and, and people that you can trust and that you can afford, I guess. But actually, what it's then about is making sure that you've got you know, the best processes, streamlined processes that you can then teach to somebody else by way of a video or, uh, you know, sort of um, standard operating procedure 
manual or whatever for the business. And that's often the bit that gets in the way. I've talked about this before, the fact that it takes effort and time to create those instructions in order to get the stuff done. And actually, once you've done it, uh, you get you know all that extra time back and that peace of mind and you wonder why you didn't do it sooner but of course you didn't do it sooner because it's quite sort of laborious to, to do it in the first place but if you're thinking about outsourcing if you're teetering on the brink of outsourcing I'd really recommend looking at that as soon as you can and um, and you don't have to do everything you can just start with one small task and build up from there as you get more uh, used to working with your VA and um, you've got your processes in place to outsource in the right sort of way. So that um, is my share fundamental. And then the final fundamental, which wasn't always on the list, they used to only be four. And going back to the decluttering thing, I realised that actually, you know, in that whole process of simplifying and decluttering and then things getting out of hand again, uh, you need to have something that keeps you moving forward keeps you improving keeps you keeping these systems and processes running smoothly and sustain was the fundamental that came out of that and so that's about routines and rituals and personal development and what you're what you're what you can do in order to maintain and keep things moving forwards and keep improving uh you know getting better doing things better on a regular basis moving forward so uh, what I've done this year with Sustain um, for me and my business was uh, I rebuilt my regular business reading routine. Um, I've talked about doing business reading whilst I'm drinking my coffee in the morning and I've created a ritual out of that. I had sort of dropped that a bit during lockdown, but I've sort of resurrected it now. <laughs> um, the other routine that went away was listening to podcasts. I used to listen to them when I was walking and driving, but I've done far less of both of those things since lockdown because we didn't go out for um three months right at the beginning so walking um apart from on the treadmill wasn't really an option and on the treadmill I like to watch things because it's too boring otherwise uh, so I'd stopped listening to podcasts so I've started trying to build that back in and, and create opportunities to go walking now now that we do go out uh, so that I can listen to more of those podcasts because they're so valuable in terms of learning finding resources uh, finding new podcasts to um, listen to finding podcasts to guest on finding guests to come on my podcast and so on so I'm trying to sort of build that in again those are my five fundamentals and how I've sort of used them this year for myself within the business. And as I said, I work with my clients and my members of Power to Live More Calm around those five fundamentals so that um, people who are using them get the chance to have, you know, the business that they want, but also to live more. And as you know from the podcast, that's where I say that you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. So those are my five fundamentals. Um, hope you found that useful. Um, have a think about your own life and those five fundamentals and how they apply to you and your business. If you're interested in looking at more detail on those, then you can go to my website, powertolivemore.com and download my five fundamentals checklist, which will take you through each of those five and get you thinking about how they work within your business and your life. And just to finish, I'd just like to say... Uh, Hello and welcome to uh, a number of new listeners. Um, I was really excited to see that my listener numbers had gone up quite considerably last week and I didn't actually know why. <laughs> I mentioned last week that I'm a finalist in the 
podcasting for business awards, but I didn't think that that would have had um, much of an impact at the moment um, and certainly not that much um, of an impact. So I didn't really know what was going on. And then I got an email from um, Psychologies magazine uh, to say that they'd published my podcast in the magazine. And uh, I had... I'm a reader of the magazine and I'd, I'd emailed them actually because they were asking about podcasts before Christmas and sort of forgotten about it and hadn't actually got um, that far through the magazine this month. So I hadn't got to the podcasting section. So it was a real surprise to get the email. And obviously I hurried off to look at the magazine and uh, and read the little bit. And uh, I assume that that's why the numbers have gone up. And, and so if you're listening to this because you've read about the podcast in the magazine, then welcome. Um, really Hope that you subscribe so that you continue to uh, listen to the shows. Uh, we're up to show 191, as I've said already. Uh, obviously, there's there's tons of shows that you can go back to if you're enjoying them and you want to find some more to listen to. So um, I would encourage you. And, you know, if you're listening to a few, but obviously haven't got time to listen to all of them uh, and you um, want a bit of entertainment, some of the first few, perhaps the first 10, are quite funny if you listen to them because my daughter, um, as you know, does the intro and at that stage she was about eight and very earnest and tried her hardest to do those intros. So I do every so often go back and listen to them because they are quite funny. So welcome and uh, hope to speak to you in future weeks. And just to remind you that the show notes of this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 191 and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.